Now let us pray as we get ready for our gospel reading. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. This morning's gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 11. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom was written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The program, and excuse my voice, it sounds worse than, it, than I feel, so forgive me for that. Tis the season, right? The program presented this morning was an interpretation of the birth, which incorporated the story presented in Scripture with our modern-day perspective. For there is much that we have been shown and much the Holy Spirit has revealed, and many truly know the story through their own personal experience of Jesus Christ. So it is a jubilant thing to know the Christmas joy and our faith in God's gift through the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ should be remembered and celebrated at every step of the way. Christ brought about a reconciled relationship with God, a relationship based on grace, mercy, forgiveness, and love, a way of truth and life. But today's chosen scripture from Matthew shows those who were there to witness Jesus in action may still not have been sure. What did they see? And why is this scripture suggested for this time of year? Well, actually, this is... An Advent question. The word Advent means the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. In this season, we wait to take time to symbolically prepare for the one who has already come. 
So I wonder about John's question. Are you the one who has come? Or must we go on expecting another? The words, must we go on, really struck me. How often have I asked that question, must I go on, must it go on, and feel the weight of waiting? For John, this must have been truly an awful time. John was a wilderness guy. I think Reverend, uh, uh, oh, our new Reverend Eric, he says to call him Eric, so I think we feel comfortable with that, gave us a pretty good description of John in the wilderness in his last sermon. A wilderness guy out in the open desert. But now he's set in an underground dungeon. And yes, imagine the worst. And it was probably ten times worse than that. I assume John probably knew that this was it for him. And he had been so sure that Jesus was the one who was to come. But often, and in my experience, in my chaplain work, a dying man cannot afford to have doubts. So he sent his disciples to Jesus with the question. But maybe he sent them for their own sake. They may have talked it over, and John's answer was, if you have any doubts, go and see what Jesus is doing, and your doubts will end. Yes, what did they see? Were they even watching? Perhaps not. Their leader was in prison. Their prophet was about to die. They needed to be redirected. So if that's the case, the answer that John gave them would be a good one. Like we put our modern perspective on the Christmas story, we can apply the answer to how we answer the question about our faith. As the New Testament scholar William Barclay wrote, if anyone begins to argue with us about Jesus to question his authority, the best of all answers is not to counter argument with argument, but to say, consider to give your life to Christ and see what Christ can do with it. The supreme argument for Christ is not an intellectual debate, but experience of change, the changing power of a relationship with Christ. Another reason John had them ask the question may have been because John's prophecy, if you read in scripture, you'll see his divine, his prophecy was about a divine fire of cleansing. He was a kind of a fire and brimstone guy. He wanted the axe to be taken to the root of the tree. He wanted the day of God's holy destruction. And maybe he was feeling a little disappointed that Jesus was not a person of wrath, but a person of faith, hope, and love. I choose to believe that the question is asked not for despair or for impatience, but from a person whose eyes have been opened, seen the light, and sought a confirmation of hope. Then Jesus answers them. This answer is a full, strong voice of confidence. 
Don't tell John what I'm saying. Tell him what I'm doing. What you see me doing. Jesus demanded to be judged not by what he said, but by what he did. This message is the same for us. Jesus doesn't say, listen to what I tell you, as much as look at what I can do for you. See what I have done for others. His actions reflect the words of Psalm 146 that we shared earlier. The same things for which the people of Israel praised the Lord. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives the food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind, lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever, your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. If Advent is our time to prepare to receive this Jesus as God's Messiah for us, then it may call us to hear and see in new ways. Our expectations and our hopes may need reshaping. Such seeing will need to be shaped by both the visions of hope, of the prophet, of those who have gone before us, and it will also be need, it will also need to be shaped by what is happening here and now among us. Where do you see the creative power of God working? amid the suffering of this world? Where do you see the blind, the lame, the sick, the poor receiving good news? Where do you find ourselves to be instruments of God's creative power? And what a beautiful instrument of creative power we saw today. Such hearing and seeing will return us to the theme of repentance and renewal that were part of John's preaching of the kingdom. It is part of John's, Jesus' message to the disciples as well. Be not only hearers, but doers, he says at the end of his Sermon on the Mount. Many have longed to see and hear what you have and did not, he reminds his disciples. Let anyone with ears listen, he teaches in his parables. Where do we see the Messiah's promising presence at work in the world? Or do we see it at all? For disciples of any age, such seeing is not always easy, nor is there even a guarantee that it will be for us a matter of good news. That, again, will be shaped by our expectations. And Jesus says, blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. Jesus' concern for the helpless and unimportant resulted in a far more low-key image than John may have hoped for. And in reply, Jesus wove together Old Testament texts which found clear and visible fulfillment in his deeds recorded in Matthew's chapter 8 and 9. Unexpected as they may have been to John, 
These acts of mercy were indeed the deeds of the Messiah. The literal meaning of the phrase, what the Messiah was doing in verse 2. Those who do not recognize them as the deeds of the Messiah may have been offended, or the literal translation, to be scandalized by. Jesus preached the gospel of divine holiness and divine love. The powers of evil are not to be defeated by an alluring power, but by unconditional love. And sometimes people are offended by Jesus because he cuts across their idea of what religion should be. But despite this implied reproof of John, Jesus went on to commend John as a true prophet and so much more. In his rugged, unconventional preaching, the people had themselves recognized the authentic voice of God's spokesperson. But as great as he was, John was still only the forerunner, the last and the greatest of the prophets. Jesus says that the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. And in that light, every child of God will know a glory surpassing that of the greatest person who ever lived on this earth. How great a promise does God hold out for you and me this Advent season? Matthew's answer is a promise so great that even the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than John. It is a promise so radical that even one as great as John can miss it as he looks for mercy and justice of God in the wrong manner and so risks missing the kingdom when it comes. I ask you to consider, as you prepare this Advent season, what do you see when you look for the kingdom of God? When you look for confirmation of the deeds of the Messiah. And I challenge you to seek, to truly experience what the Advent expectation is all about in its promise to transform our vision and our hope. Amen.